Hey all, it's Sledge calling in with my take on the comic book direction after Avengers Infinity War. The comic book industry has learned over the years that comic book tie-ins to movies aren't necessarily the best idea. DC and Marvel have both released comic books dedicated to movie plot lines that have fizzled over the course of the summer and never managed to gain very many sales due to the fact that the books existed outside of continuity. DC learned to stop doing this, but Marvel decided that it would just make seemingly parallel books inside the continuity to utilize comics-wide events. Nothing showcased this more than lining up Civil War II in comics with the release of Captain America Civil War in the MCU. Neither had really anything to do with each other than sharing the name, but Marvel hoped that this would be enough to pull some readers in. Marvel is doing the same thing now, but there is actually a bit of crossover. That may not be inadvertent, but it still has nothing to do with the MCU. Now, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Infinity War, well, stop listening. Go see the movie. Seriously. I will wait. Alright, are you back? Okay. The after credit scene where we see Nick Fury get erased from all existence, he pulls out a transponder that looks like an old school pager. Captain Marvel's insignia comes across before the movie fades out. Marvel knows that not everyone is familiar with Captain Marvel, so they preempted this. In preparing new readers for this eventuality, they to familiarize themselves with the character, they released back at the end of March the first volume of an omnibus on Carol Danvers called Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, The Miss Marvel Years, Volume 1. It collects giant-sized Miss Marvel number 1, Miss Marvel from 2006 Miss Marvel run, numbers 1 through 17, and the Miss Marvel special number 1. Volume 2 should be out this summer, which I'm sure will cover her transition uh, from Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel. A quick refresher for anyone who needs it, and a perfect jumping-on point for new fans. But what about new stories involving the Avengers? Do we see some parallel with the MCU? Well, sure, last week in Mighty Thor, Jane Foster cast Mangog entity into a star strapped to Mjolnir. She started dying from cancer then, but not before Odin's son and Odin teamed up uh, and tamed the Godstorm and saved her life. Jane then dubbed Odin's son Thor, who is now set about making new hammers. So it's kind of similar, I guess. Uh, other than the fact that Thor never lost being worthy, but he did lose the hammer, and now he has a new hammer. Uh, thanks, Groot. But there are are there new stories that coincide with the new MCU movie? Of course, because Marvel loves new number ones. Avengers number one released today, Wednesday, May second, less than a week after Avengers: Infinity War hit theaters. It starts one million years ago on Earth and essentially has the Avengers equivalents fighting a losing battle against what we think is a Celestial. Skipping ahead to the present day, we have Tony Stark, Thor, Odin's son Thor with the new gold hammers and a gold arm and a manly, manly beard, and Steve Rogers. Tony is out of his Bendis-induced coma, don't really care how, and Steve Rogers is no longer the Nazi Hydra agent, thank God. Stark is sipping his Shirley Temple. Yes, MCU fans, the 616 Tony hasn't been alcoholic for over two decades. Get over it. 
and doesn't want the band to get back together. But calamity happens. Meanwhile, Alpha Flight is still in space with Carol Danvers running it. She's the first to encounter a 2,000-foot body portaling to Earth. It's a celestial, and it's dead, along with a hundred more of its dead kin. Cap, Thor, worthy or not, and Iron Man face a threat beyond cosmic proportions. In all, Marvel has been a bit less dickish of late when it comes to these comic-wide events, but it's getting closer to summer, and they've been running Infinity Countdown since the start of March. It then concludes in its fifth issue this July, uh, sparking, well, you guessed it, Infinity War, the comic-wide event. Probably just in time for the new movie to hit Blu-ray or digital download. Anyway, that's all I got for this segment. Remember, friends, it's okay to leave the basement every once in a while. You're gonna run out of beer and nachos sometime. Bye. Hey guys, it's Drew from Court of Nerds here telling you that Tom and Chi in Granville is back. They've got impressive meal deals, so here's what you can look forward to when you stop by to get cheesy. Start your week off with a $29.95 Monday meal deal that feeds a family of four. No one wants to cook to start the week, so go get cheesy instead. Plus, kids 12 and under eat free from 4 to 8 every Tuesday, or enjoy a half-off grilled cheese donut every Wednesday from 4 to 8. And if you download the free Tom and Chi app like I did, you can hop in every Thursday and get $3 classic grilled cheese sandwiches. Plus, if you're like Stacy and you need it gluten-free, they can take care of you. Tom and Chi is proud to support Chia, a locally made vegan cheese that tastes so good, cows are starting to get jealous. Find Tom and Chi on 44th Street in Granville near Cabela's. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of... Boys and girls, wow, what the hell? I fucked that up real fast. We have to leave it in. We have to leave it in, unless I go and fix it in post. Those are the rules. But I'm going to try it again anyways. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Court of Nerds Avengers Infinity War spoiler cast home team part. This is the part of the show that's still located mostly in West Michigan, other than Ben, whose heart is only here with us. I'm Drew. That's right. I'm Stacy. I'm John. And you're Ben. And I'm Ben. Yeah, you're Ben. There you go. Now is when you talk, ass. God, <laughs> what am I even going to do with you? Look, uh... Hey. Before we go any further with anything here, I know we have already said it on this podcast, but I want to rewarn people for this part. This is a spoiler cast. We are doing this for spoilers. We are going to talk about Avengers Infinity War in depth. We are going to overanalyze it. Then we're going to reanalyze it. Then Ben might analyze it a little bit. I don't know. Whatever we're up for tonight. Yeah. You know, I will. You, you would. Uh, it's May. I don't care about your feelings. Get out of here or not. You could have seen it by now. Grant. Anyways, no, uh, I'm sure Grant's seen it by now. And we've, we, we've all seen it. We're all very excited about it. And the people most excited about it should be Marvel and Disney's investors. Isn't that right, John? It is. It is very much so. Um, today, Wednesday, May 2nd. As we're recording this portion. As we are recording <laughs> this podcast, it has already made $808 million Holy shit. worldwide. To put that into perspective, Justice League, its entire <laughs> box office run, did that in, or 
in its entire box office run made six hundred and fifty-seven million worldwide. It's not even in China yet, and it hasn't even opened in China. Good he Lord. is very much so correct. Um, some of the records that it has broken: uh, it op- it opening worldwide, six hundred and thirty million. Um, the record for opening international was not broken because of China. It still holds the second place at three hundred eighty-two million. It has the largest April ever, the largest spring ever, which would make sense since it's broken all these other records. It broke the opening weekend record that Star Wars The Force Awakens has held for three years by $10 million. As of today, it is $40 million on pace better than Black Panther, but it is $20 million off pace of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Which is going to play a big part in when Deadpool and Han Solo come out. So, that's all I got for that. It is a monster movie, and it is going up, 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 and it is already almost at a billion dollars within a week. It's insane. So is that, I mean, it's pretty obviously going to pass what Avatar did then, yeah? $808 million worldwide right now because oh, yeah. avatar is worldwide worldwide wow worldwide worldwide 808 million avatar worldwide is 2.7 billion Ooh. that's gonna be really that's really be hard, hard to beat. beat i didn't think it was that high um star wars domestically is 936 million and avatar is 730 million so it is very much so possible I think it will be Avatar. Black Panther ended up at six hundred and eighty-one million, so it is, what is very you know what, close. Do you know what Black Panther is at right now? Six hundred and eighty-one million total. Total, no domestic. That's crazy. Domestic. domestic. Oh, okay. It's at one point three billion. Jesus. Yeah. But that's only five hundred million short of. And it's still in theaters. Black Panther, and it's only been six days. It's been six days. Whew. It beat Justice League's run in five days. <laughs> its entire well, run I mean, let's at the be box honest, office. I don't think anybody was surprised by that. No. No. Projections were very moderate. I mean, not moderate, but like very like respectable. At 200, they said about 240. It ended up making 17 million more than that opening weekend. It didn't have such a great Thursday. Only made 39 million when Star Wars pulled on Thursday. 57 million but it's saturday it's friday and it's saturday destroyed it just it everything was sold out if you wanted to go see it you couldn't and trust us we wanted to go see it and we couldn't yeah no pretty much so (laughs) but yeah it's 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 on it's on a record-setting pace um we'll see what happens when it comes out in china it's just gonna blow up um i think the record in china is 158 million. Don't quote me on that. It's the second largest box office in the world. So, and having it not open in China really put a damper on its opening international run. It's still, I mean, it came short 60 million of Fate of the Furious because it opened in China every, everywhere that movie. Right. But it's still it's, it's dominated by 90 million. Yeah, it's still dominated worldwide. Because yeah, it's global opening weekend record. It beat it by ninety million. Yeah, and it didn't even open in China. Jesus, like, that's nuts. All right, all right. Enough, enough with the accountant talking. That's with the, the money. Yeah. Enough with the financials. Enough with the book balancing. Nobody went to the Avengers to see Thanos do his taxes. 
I did. Fuck you. You were you were sorely disappointed, weren't you? Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did them with a snap of his fingers. John, soon he will know what it's like to get a tax return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one time I actually want you to do the speech, you don't do it. No, I'm not doing it anymore. You son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Turncoats, all of you. <sighs> all right, listen. Avengers: Infinity War was incredible. Uh, afterwards. When we were in the theater, people kept trying to talk to me, and I wanted to punch them because I was still dealing with what I had just seen. I was trying to digest, compress, process, feel the loss that Thanos put upon the galaxy. So I got to ask the three of you, and Ben, I'm going to start with you. Did you see that coming? Did you see Thanos succeeding, snapping the fingers, and then killing over half the friggin' Avengers? Well, no, no, I did not see that coming at all. I, I didn't see it coming on that mass scale. I was set on one or two of them going away, and obviously your typical amount of mass casualties whenever the Avengers are involved. But literally half the world was erased with the snap of the fingers in that movie. Half the uh, galaxy? Yeah. Of the galaxy, excuse me. I mean, that was... No, I mean, how can you... There's no way to prepare for that. That was like... Oh, and <laughs> I, I, the theater was, I was in a weird theater, like people were on their phones and like kind of chit-chatting throughout the movie, nothing crazy, but just sort of a full house, and the last 30 minutes of that movie were silent, and like, when the credits hit, it was silent for 10 minutes. It was crazy how, like, just nobody was talking to anybody, everyone was blown away. I was blown away. Like I've said, it's really hard to surprise people like me in 2018 on that level, and they did it. There was a part of me that kind of wanted a lot of people to die. Like, I'm pretty sure I, like, called, like, I wanted the movie to end with him getting all six stones and then closing his fist and it fading to black. And it didn't exactly happen that way, but it was pretty damn close. Like, he he succeeded to an extent that I don't I don't even think other people thought it was going to happen. Like, I think some people thought that he wasn't even going to get all six. Like, the time stone was the keystone that he couldn't give, or they, the Avengers couldn't not give that one up. Like, that's the only saving grace for them was the time stone to erase everything and turn it back. But when he, when Strange gave him that time stone, it was, it was pretty much on at that point. We all knew that he's going to get them all at this point. But at that point, you thunk to yourself, oh, Doctor Strange may have a plan. But yeah, I mean, no, I didn't think that every, I mean, half, I mean, you look at the movie poster, there's not that many people left. You have a couple Wakandans left. You have um, Captain um, Hulk is left. Tony. Scarlet Witch is left. Tony's left. Everybody else is dead. Black Panther's dead. Spider-Man's dead. I thought Scarlet, didn't Scarlet Witch die? I thought Scarlet Witch died. I don't. Yeah, she. Yes, she, she did. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she dissolved while holding on to Vision. Now, oh, Vision yeah. is technically dead, but his body didn't dissolve, so. But it turned to that, like, metallic Ashen. gray yeah. type. Now, something lost that all I think color. our other guys will be able to explore a bit more is there is a version of Vision yes. in the comics that is that metallic silver gray. Yeah. So hopefully they'll get into that a little bit more for folks, but. I, I gotta say, no matter what, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. No, I mean, I had my uh, hand over my mouth pretty much the entire movie. Like, this is, mm-hmm. I, it, from beginning to end, like, 
in the beginning when Loki when Loki is killed and he said no more resurrections this time or something to that effect you're just like this is serious yeah like, thanks Marvel you gotta bring your kids to this out. you gotta bring your kids to this I mean most movies Man, I, don't, I don't gotta do shit you don't, well, I, don't you don't have I still to. haven't decided but I mean most movies like that are Marvel will the heroes win I mean yes this is technically a first part of a two part story that they're trying to tell but to come out of that and have your heroes be gone is traumatizing whether you're 5 or 25 or 50 it it's traumatizing and it, walking out of there literally somber and quiet and like well i guess i'll go get the free poster you know like it's just how it felt like you didn't have anything else to say see i expected him to get all of them and then that be the end of the movie i have never read the comic books so for me to experience that, I was literally thinking, like, is this for real? And I'm like looking around, like, it, I feel like they like come back, right? Like this is they're gonna they're gonna do something and it's gonna be fine. And then the movie ended, and I'm like, I've been sitting here for what two two hours, two hours 40 minutes. something crazy, and I'm like, I feel like I want to sit here for another two hours so that I can see the rest of this because there should be more. Yeah, it's like, can we do it again? Like, is there more to this? There's got to be. And there is, granted, but, I mean, we got to wait a whole another But I year. wanted it now because <laughs> it was so good. I just, uh, and I, I think what we have to talk about now is, uh, again, because there were so many deaths in the film. Give a list up. <laughs> I can pull one up. I but- started to count. I was like, oh, he's at two. And then he, the the bug girl, Mantis. and Mantis and Drax. Yes. He like unwound them, and I was like, "Oh, they're dead." And then they like popped back up. I was like, "Oh, he's That's back down to two. Great from the books, turning right. them into cubes and spirals. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to try and go through quickly really cool. the list of everyone who actually died in Infinity War. Okay, this is this is the list from the Nerdist, a trusted source. Trusted source of nerd news. All right, and we're going to go back to you, Ben, at the end of it here. Which death impacted you the hardest? And, Ben, I'm going to start with you because I already know your answer. But here is the list. Heimdall, Loki, Vision, Gamora. Oh, wait, those are the ones that we know are officially dead before Thanos snaps his fingers. Right. And the Collector. And the Collector. Well, we can't confirm that the Collector is dead. Yeah, he was just part of the reality. It was just part of an illusion. But I, you're right, Ben. I can't imagine him being allowed to live. Yeah. And all like, the dwarves. pretty dead. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. Sorry. Most sites are listing real deaths as just those four that I listed. Forbes, another trusted source, has the list of evaporation, quote-unquote, deaths. <laughs> They, that's literally how they have it listed. Black Panther, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, Drax, Groot, Mantis, Star-Lord, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, Maria Hill. Confirmed survivors as of right now. Thor, Cap, Iron Man, War Machine, Black Widow, Nebula, Okoye, Rocket, and Bruce, Hulk, whatever he is. Yeah, and who knows what happened to Hawkeye. Who knows what happened to Hawkeye? Who knows what happened to Ant-Man and the Wasp? They have a movie coming out this summer. Hopefully that will explain a few things. Which is technically, I believe, supposed to take place before Infinity War. Like, Damn it. Like when they're... Um, 
like, because they're going to be on house arrest, I think. But it might play into everything, learning about the new uh, universes, like the microverse and everything. Right. It might be part of why they go to the microverse? Yes. Good. Uh, good. All right, Ben, death that hit you the most, whether it was real or evaporatory. Uh, two part. Uh, obviously, Spider-Man hit me the most, uh, not just because of my love of Spider-Man, but because of Tony Stark and Peter Parker's relationship in the movie. It was a that was an emotional scene with uh, Tony holding Peter as he faded away. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to disappear. I mean, if you didn't get a little emotional at that scene, you haven't been paying attention because that was. Holland and Downey Jr. had some crazy on-screen chemistry, and I mean, they've got like a cool like mentor-mentee-uncle-close-nephew relationship there. And then also, I saw the movie in Detroit, and I wish people could have heard the audience when Black Panther disappeared because it was amazing. <laughs> Nobody thought that was coming, and there I heard somebody scream, "Did they seriously fucking kill him already?" And just <laughs> 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 it kind of moved on. Just that stuck with me, but I mean, movie-wise, evaporation, that scene between Downey Jr. and Tom Holland really got me. John. Very, very powerful scene. John, most impactful death. You know, it's got to be for me, it's got to be Spider-Man, but on the same level, it's also Gamora. Yeah, mine's Gamora. Because that whole scene... On, I can't even pronounce the name of that planet, so I'm not even going to try. Where the Soul Stone is, and when you get to see Red Skull, I mean, Drew, you and I looked at each other like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's not Hugo Weaving, by the way. It is not. No, it is the guy from Walking Dead, apparently. Rick Grimes? No, 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 no. Uh, He's he's not. He's like a secondary character, but he's a master of voices. Either way. Oh. Um, yeah, like that whole scene where, it's a, where she's just yelling at him and you don't love anything, you fooled yourself and the universe is treating you like you've treated it for forever or whatever she said and, and then and then Red Skull's like, uh, and then Thanos is like, no, pretty sure I love you and then he just tosses her willingly off the mountain and it's like, when that one hit, one, you know like, Quill is gonna freak the fuck out and then everybody I mean Rocket doesn't know she's dead Rocket's still alive yeah that's true that's true. Um, I mean, a, we didn't even really get to see Drax or Mantis react. No, you. I mean, there are a lot of characters that don't know that other characters are dead, including Aunt May. I mean, you see the end of Spider Man when she finds out that she's or he's Peter Parker, and she's like, "What well, the fuck?" She's she's known that he's Peter. Parker. Or sorry, Spider Man. And <laughs> God, I mean, fucking asshole. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm the asshole. <laughs> yeah. Who can't st- remember what's a character and what's a Sorry, fake name and a made-up name? Traumatizing ass time. Oh, we're using our fake name in comic movies. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're using so, our fake names. My does name she, is Big Mac. If she knows that he is Spider-Man at this point, she knows that something's happened in New York. She may know that Spider-Man has just. Launched himself into freaking space because I'm sure somebody had their cell phone out recording that shit. Have an Iron Man go up there as well. So how is she supposed to react to this? At like where is where is my nephew? Where's where's Peter Parker? Like just the impact on it's going to have on family members, other people. Pepper is she gone? 
has she, is she was she spared by Thanos? Does she know that Tony, she knows that Tony's gone? Um, like it's just yeah, all of these all of these secondary characters that you're not thinking about that it's going to also affect. Like even in the end credit scene with Sam Jackson and Colby Smolers, because I don't know her actual name in the movies. So yeah, it's just you. All these characters that are gone are gonna impact other characters as well of course uh my most impactful death was maria hill because i'm gonna miss that ass no um that's inappropriate that's a name it's maria hill it's maria hill <laughs> you know how else are we gonna go to the mall with robin sparkles now uh different show different thing uh most impactful death i i actually i i as as a dad it's hard not to go with spider-man because it had that kind of surrogate father thing going on. Whether Tony actually ever indicated it or not, Tony was treating Peter the way his father treated him, and in that way, Tony was saying he loves him. And, and that's why it rips your fucking heart out. I got, and Ben, maybe you can relate with me on this, I got oddly emotional at Drax. I got oddly emotional about, about Drax, because he just looked so confused. And perplexed and like To be honest with you It may be the single best piece Of emotional expression You've, you've seen out of, out of Dave Batista in his career WWE movie or otherwise But it felt It felt Like the first time we saw Drax feel fear And that Resonated with me for some reason So, so props to Batista for that yeah, he deserves more than just a comic relief character. You know, he's got a little more. Drax is a little more important than that. So, but that but might be something we see a little bit more in in future Guardians movies, or if we get like a Drax and Mantis buddy film, which I would go to. <laughs> um, so overall reactions to the movie because I loved it, and at first it was really hard to find something to not like. But we're a week removed from the first from the first showing. Ben, you haven't been able to go again, have you? Nope, I've uh, regretfully only seen it once. I think we're all on that level, though, which is why I wanted to do this now with... Was there anything that you didn't like? Is there is there anything that, you know... Because, again, I think we've all been obsessing about it over a week, except for Stacy, because she has car stuff to obsess over as well. That's true. The rest of us are somewhat singularly focused. Ben, is there anything that you left the movie, you know, and again, not immediately, because immediately you were just trying to deal with emotionally what Marvel had put you through. It was like a high school breakup and a Dashboard Confessional album all in one. Right. That's right. Hands down. Hands down. This was uh, possibly the best movie I can ever remember. But this. What what is one thing that you go, yeah, I loved Avengers Infinity War, but this? Um, I felt like Hulk made a lot of strides in Ragnarok. And to see how the big green guy was portrayed in Infinity War really felt like it took the character back a couple of steps. And while at the same time it was nice to see Mark Ruffalo get to play Mark Ruffalo, I still missed the Hulk, you know? It's like, I mean, he was noticeably missing from this film. And I mean, people are going to say, well, they can't cram so much in. There was still a solid amount of Bruce Banner screen time. Uh, it was odd. It was kind of odd not to see Hulk there as his friends are about to die with the galaxy in their hands, and Hulk was scared staying inside of Banner's head. And Other than that, I don't have a lot to gripe with, and I think the most interesting thing has been 
I don't have a problem if you don't like a movie, but the negative reviews for this movie have been historically bad. Like, the New Yorkers done three reviews on it, and all three reviews don't make any sense. One basically said the CGI sucked. One said that they didn't understand it because it's like these characters just appeared. Hello, dipshit. It's a 10-year story, dumb fuck. It's called long-term storytelling. Yeah, talk to Jonathan Hickman sometime. God, seriously. And then the other, the most recent one from the New Yorker is, what's wrong? Why is it always got to be the fate of the universe? Why can't it be South Dakota, Denmark, or Peru? What the fuck are you talking about? It was Thanos. It was about the entire galaxy. That's These people, you know what? Movie critics are going to shit on it because this isn't their world. They don't understand it, and it's clear that they don't. They can't treat a single movie as part of a long-term story. And I just, you know, while someone might have a top critic badge next to their name, they might not know shit about what you care about. Right, and that's kind of why I, I think the industry is going to miss guys like, uh, you know, our mutual friend John Serba, who, while being one of the harshest critics I've ever met on film, is also open to experiencing the fantastic. And, and I think that's what Avengers Infinity War was able to deliver in spades. But Ben, you're right. You know, there was, there were some things missing that other directors did with characters, that it felt like the Russos weren't paying attention to, and it's hard to do that when you're cramming a thousand characters in a film, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, and the biggest one for me was Hulk. Everybody else seemed on the same tone and with the same stories and stuff like that, but Hulk seemed like a completely different character than the one that we just saw in Ragnarok, and. You know, we're, we see Thor with the eye patch and the short hair. We're told that this is after Ragnarok. So right. why is he a big old pussy now? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he did counterpoint. Get the shit beat he out of him. got the fucking shit beat out of him. See, I like, like but hang on, But hang on. <laughs> Thor also kind of beat the shit out of him in the arena. The only reason yeah. Thor yeah, was stopped Thor. is because the Grandmaster went... Bzzz. But that's... Mm-hmm. That's, that's different, his, though, I know, that's buddy. Super that's different. Buddy. But again... When you look at the, um, and, and this may be where I'm going to deep nerd on, on Stacy, and I may deep nerd on you, John. It sounds dirty. Uh, you go you wish. Me. You wish. <laughs> no, but in, in Thor Ragnarok, the Tower of Champions, right? Yes. Beta Ray Bill is on that tower. Hulk had to beat Beta Ray Bill. In theory. Beta Ray Bill is like Thor's more angry equal. Beta Ray Bill is a bad motherfucker, and in the comics, Beta Ray Bill is the one who wields Stormbreaker. That's Bill's hammer. So again, I get get where Ben's coming from, I get where you guys are coming from, but there are certain things that would have pointed to in Thor Ragnarok that Hulk should have been able to take a beating and go, okay, Hulk lose, now Hulk come back and Hulk win. So uh, again, it, it's it was a little a little bit of a disconnect. My biggest issue, actually, because and this is probably why it took me so long to come up with it, because there's no such thing as a perfect movie. I think we can all accept that there's no such thing as a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. My thing came in the first ten minutes of the film. Okay, there's Heimdall. Okay, cool. He's yep. He's dying. He's bleeding out. Whatever. Okay, there's Loki. Yep, that sniveling little bitch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's Thor, got it, alright, wonderful. Where the fuck are Korg and Meek? Where's Valkyrie? They're, like, literally ignoring that these major players from Thor Ragnarok that were on that ship that we cared about as an audience very, very much 
what the fuck happened to them? Did, did Thanos dismiss half of the ship to go freely? No, the distress call says he slaughtered everyone aboard. Well, then I would assume that he slaughtered everybody else. But are we just going to write off beloved characters that easily? Because, again, if you're going to, if people are going to leverage the criticism of, well, they just showed up, I, I think a more fair criticism is, well, wait a minute, those people just disappeared. <laughs> I didn't even get a, a sequence of them turning to dust and, and you know, and Cor going, well, I guess now I'm the ghost. Piss off me. You know? Like, I, you, Taika Waititi. <laughs> Did the best thing possible and made me love Korg. Meek, you're right, is a little bug who doesn't talk, so I'm less emotionally attached. But it was overlooking some of the beats that were laid in. Like, also, didn't didn't Wakanda agree to drop, like, and be like, hey, world, we're here. So why were they still like, wait a minute, how are we going to fly into this fucking place? Well, I don't think Cap knew that. Technically, he may, he may not have known that. He would have known that. They, they, they did a press conference at the United Nations. If you're a, a covert op doing covert ops, you're probably paying attention to what the nation hosting you is up to. But they also did say that when they showed up and said, hey, I didn't think we were going to open the world up to us like this. Well, so, yeah, I but mean, like they, inviting they in, recognize you know, it. well, they're inviting <laughs> in international criminals to battle the universe and oh yeah have the universe come fuck with them because they've got you know an infinity gem or stone or whatever the fuck it is I can't still keep that shit straight I'm just saying you can still be you could still be hidden right and still be open but I feel like if I'm the UN and the rest of the world and again pl- implying applying logic to an illogical universe I would be like okay cool so you guys are a country where the fuck are you right where they've always been right but where, the, right where they've always been is what the world thought was sheep farmers so you're showing up and you're like, no, 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 we've got this mound of vibranium. It's pretty bonkers. It's the most valuable metal in the world. The real Eldorado. The real Eldorado. Blah 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 blah. I, so, think, so I think that's fair. I, that I'm was that was my that's fair. my one. If I was going to... John is going to... Eh. I mean, it's just... If to me, it's picking it apart. It's splitting hairs. But well, I, that's what you gotta do. I know. I know. I know. That's what we're if, doing. If that's we the, have to... That's what we're here. That's what we are here. that far... We better pick it apart other than these people picking on the wrong thing to pick apart. Like, oh, uh, these characters. I'm just supposed to know who they are? Oi! There was another website, and I won't call them out by name. Do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, no, no. Not necessary. Not necessary. Now look, you don't you don't throw punches at guys that you know. Look, I'll punch the big guys because they should be better. But people that are again our size or smaller, I don't want to throw punches at them. We're all learning at the same time. We all make mistakes. I'll, I'll punch Motor City Comic Con right in the dick. <laughs> You've threatened that before. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware that you're up for that. But no, th- this site had a guy, and and his review was basically, I missed a few movies. I feel like I'm behind, so this sucks. How the fuck How is, is that, that anyone's fault, fault but yours? Exactly. And like you don't have a couple hours to catch up on the movies you missed? Well, I'm not interested in those characters. That's not my fucking problem. I watched what a all of them. Terrible reaction to the movie that well, I didn't get it because I missed a few movies, which I know is my fault, but I'm mad about it anyways. I rewatched all of the movies starting in January. Like if you wanted to do it, you could do it. Right. And again, you know, their argument was, well, I missed some of the more recent ones. So go rent them on DVD or Blu-ray. Don't don't download them don't download them illegally. Yeah, Grant. 
No, he's side eyeing me right oh, now. Oh, I was wow. You called yourself out I, on that one, sister. Mm-hmm. Well. He's side eyeing me. <laughs> no, I'll save Grant. I'll spare Grant. We pick on him a lot. Hey, by the way, speaking of uh, of of Granthony, we're hopefully going to be able to get his thoughts on this. I'm interested what the uh, arguably largest comic nerd in this crew has to say about this film. Because mm-hmm. I would say, and the argument I think is between him and Sledge. I wouldn't even put myself in there. I, you know, my my knowledge is small compared to those two. Yeah, I'm not touching those guys. I'm, I'm a giant. We're well, giant no, I, but I also don't want to challenge their knowledge. Play. I'm not touching them either. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I don't want to touch or challenge them. Maybe Sledge. I might touch Sledge. He's married, though. Well, I respect I, that. I'll let, I'll let him touch me. That's true. That's better. Yeah, then you can't get in trouble. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, listen, this, this, this movie, this film is a new chapter for Marvel. And, and it is showing... You know, most of the people that I talked to prior to this movie coming out were worried that it wouldn't work, right? That it wouldn't flow, that you couldn't fit this many characters in a movie. And to some extent, they were right. Ant-Man is not in this movie. Wasp is not in this movie. Hawkeye is not in this movie. Captain Marvel does not show up in this movie. Nick Fury barely shows up in this movie. And Maria Hill, I think even less so. She has less technically screen time. Do you think that's because they're saving that for the next one? No, I think it's because you, you know, you made a two hour and 40 minute movie and you had 30 main characters in it. Here's the other, you know what, Ben, as long as we're talking about uh, criticisms of this film that we don't understand, I don't understand bitching about Thanos' amount of screen time. Somebody was bitching about that? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Here would be my other, my other bitch if I'm going to bring one up, by the way, and... This would, this would really only pertain to people who've read Jonathan Hickman's comics, which introduced us to Thanos' Black Order. I don't think we were given nearly enough of the emotional importance of the Black Order to Thanos. He looked at every one of those like his children, like he looked at Gamora and Nebula. Now, again, you love some kids more than others when you're Thanos and they're not actually your children. But, you know, the, the Black Order were his, his lieutenants. They were his... That was his crew. That was his squad. And I honestly think they were actually disposed of far too easily. In the comics, those five, and there were only four in the movie, but in the comics, those five wreck all sorts of shit. And it takes multiple very powerful Avengers to even take a shot at stopping them. Like, they are all viewed as a level just below Thanos himself. So, uh, I guess downplaying it to make it so that the heroes had a chance was necessary? But I also think if you're going to do that, then re-emphasize how important they are to Thanos, because he keeps saying, oh, it's a rough day, I keep losing people. But he's not, you know, they're not Gamora, so he's like, whatever, bitch is dead, Proxima Midnight, wah, wah. You know, like, that may have been, if the New York Times wanted to criticize that bad guys just showed up with no introduction, they would have been right there, Ben. Yeah, they would have been 100% right on that. That's probably my uh, only downfall for That was your only movie. downfall because you... Because you, like, I don't know the Black Order. I don't, I've never read the books. I don't know who they are. And yeah, they just show up and they start wrecking stuff way more than I thought they could. And yeah, that's... I mean, I was like, okay, I, I, under, I know who they are. Like, I get that they're with Thanos, but who are they to Thanos? I didn't need a Thanos background story, but it would have been nice to know a little bit more about these characters and why they're with him. Yeah. 
like three hour movie. That in you know? somewhere. Yeah, maybe like Doc Strange or somewhere weird like that. Add an extra twenty minutes to a shorter movie or something. I agree. They're, they're probably the weakest link in everything. Is who the hell's the Black Order if you don't know comics? You you could have done something on the Asgardian ship. You could have done something. And then gone to black and then done the distress call at the start of the movie. You know, you could have done kind of like you did in the first Avengers, except have it be Thanos and have it be instead of revolving around the Tesseract, you could have revolved around the gauntlet. You would have seen that you already had one stone. You would have been able to see, you know, again, there were a lot of there. There was there was probably the, the other big thing is you assumed a lot of people read Jonathan Hickman's Infinity. And I don't know that many people did. It's it, it wasn't an obscure book. It was a line-wide event. But, Ben, as we've discussed here, it was a line-wide event that Jonathan Hickman built for, what, 15 years? Yeah, yeah. He started dropping hints at that. It, again, one of the coolest things I ever read was Jonathan Hickman gave an interview discussing how long he had been building towards his version of the Infinity War. So if you can find that somewhere, it's phenomenal. And Hickman's Infinity is phenomenal, but if you haven't read that, you had no clue about the Black Order, who they were, why they mattered to Thanos, what their power set was, or what they were capable of. The Maw, I thought, got shortchanged. The Maw's a badass, and he gets taken out by a hole in a spaceship? Bro. Yeah, yeah I know. That was... I was kind of, he got the same death as, like, the people in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, I thought... Yeah, I was kind of bummed out by that, too. That one felt shortchanged. See, even, for, even with the cutesy Peter Parker reference to Alien, you know? See, for somebody mm-hmm. like me who doesn't know anything about the Black Order, I guess I didn't even realize that they were supposed to be as badass as they supposedly... I mean, they in are the comics, in the comics, they are right? far more badass so for than they me, are made in the movie, yeah. with the whole him making the reference, I thought that was funny, and I was like, oh, that's cool, like... Dispatching a couple of Thanos' guys, that I thought that it, they did it really, really well. But I can see how you'd be really frustrated if you do know the background behind that character. Right, and it wasn't even that I was like, well, they should be, they should be badder, they should be more superpowered, they should scratch all that shit aside. Because again, we know that Marvel simply borrows from their comics for their movies. Right, and to play devil's advocate, their story in the long run did nothing to move the story along. Right. Well, that was also part of the problem for me is, is again, if you're going to borrow from that, those, the generals all have very specific jobs. And that's how you could have opened the film is with Thanos, Maw, retrieve this, you know, Proxima, get this, Corvus, retrieve this. Then you've introduced them. They have fucking names. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it, it, it was a simple thing and it's a little thing. And it, and you're right, John. We are nitpicking. We're splitting hairs here. But if we don't do it, other assholes are going to do it and be wrong. Well, I think it's impressive that if this is the kind of stuff that we have to nitpick in order to come up with things. Exactly. That shows how good this movie is. It's It was fantastic. I mean, I haven't been, and I said this on Facebook or whatever, but I was like, I haven't been this in awe of a movie since the first Lord of the Rings. When I was watching it, in my head, I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm gripping onto my legs and I'm going, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, it was weird when you grabbed my leg. Don't do that anymore. It's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but it was. It was amazing. There were so many cool things. There were so many, yeah. there were so many holy fuck moments. Mm-hmm. There were so many of those. Uh, Spider-Man's reaction to the Iron Spider and legs. Ben, how much did you love that? Oh, I loved it. They made me not hate the suit so much, the way they did it. Just kind of that 
classic Parker luck of just figuring out things as your life hangs in the balance. <laughs> they did it. It was fantastic. I loved it. Right. His, his explanation. In that movie was awesome. His explanation yeah. to Tony about why he was still on the ship was perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, 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 I thought it through. Did you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the suit just kind of reacted, Mr. Stock. They kind of used oh, the same that. line from Black Panther too when they came out. What are those? <laughs> There's, there are a lot. There are a lot of callbacks to other films. Shout out, uh, who's your the, the the Australian fucks you love? John. Oh, the Weekly Planet. Weekly Planet, Mr. Sunday Movies. Yeah, Mr. Sunday. The Mis- No, so. we also love them. Oh God, do we love them? <laughs> But, no, uh, Ben, you would love these guys. Shout out Mr. Sunday Movies. Shout out Weekly Planet. John and I watched their Easter egg video mm-hmm. and, and their their spoiler uh, reaction to Avengers Infinity War. And, and kudos to those guys. It's phenomenal. I might even link it in here because I loved it that much. It was really, really good. It is, yeah. No. But they point out exactly how many things call back to previous Marvel movies and to previous Avengers movies. And it's... It's pretty damn cool. So if you guys want to check that out, I'll, I'll link it in the story here. Uh, let's wrap things up with what is your biggest hope for A4? What is your biggest hope for A4? And let's rule out that they get Captain Marvel right. Because if they get Captain Marvel wrong, the whole thing is fucked. They have to get Captain Marvel right. So what is your biggest hope outside of Captain Marvel for A4? Ben, we'll start with you so that you can uh, get on about your business. Uh, I, I hope that everyone's not back too quickly, if that makes sense. Like That it's like a struggle to bring them back to life? Yeah, I hope it's a struggle. I hope that the whole focus of number four is bringing these people back. Who are we going to get back? How do we get them back? When do we get them back? I don't want it done in the first ten minutes. I don't want to start in reverse and them all hanging out getting shawarma or something I want this to kind of stay on tone sad mysterious what the fuck is going on how do we get our characters back we got a lot of sequels to make you know kind of stuff like that (laughs) we've got a lot of sequels to make John what is your biggest hope Oh, my biggest hope is that one, they do Captain Marvel correctly, and two, if she is supposed to be the Adam Warlock of the Infinity War story, that she needs to be that powerful. She needs to be the most powerful being in the universe. So she needs to beat Thanos 1v1. She needs to beat Thanos 1v1, and Tony needs to be the key to everything. Somehow, some way. Tony's the key. Let's go full circle. If Iron Man started this off, let him finish it. I think Tony is the key, 100%, and they need to make Captain Marvel Captain Marvel. They need to make her the Adam Warlock of the story. If you're going to not pull him in, make somebody that guy. And I think that needs to be her. Stacy, biggest hope? My biggest hope is that Doctor Strange has everything already figured out and the things that have annoyed us like Ben was annoyed with the Hulk personally I wasn't I thought that was really I I think that he is going to come back and play a pivotal role in the next movie and that's why he wasn't as heavy in this one and Doctor Strange is going to orchestrate all of it that is what I want to see because the way that they pulled that off when he gave the time stone away I'm like that motherfucker knows something like he knows what he's doing and i think john is on to something with tony being the key i think that would be a really cool plot line too 
my biggest hope. My biggest hope. Is that the whole Captain Marvel thing is a fucking swerve and Hawkeye has to save everyone. <laughs> He's only 80% kidding. <laughs> only 80%. I'm 20% serious about that. Um, no, fuck them for not putting Hawkeye in this movie. That's my biggest gripe. Um, no, honestly, do you know what my biggest hope is? That we get the non-OG members of the team on a space mission, right? So you send War Machine, Nebula, Okoye, and Rocket off on a space mission. Thor, Cap- uh, maybe send Ant-Man and Wasp too, but Ant-Man and Wasp are technically original Avengers in the comics. And I think we are going to see the original Avengers comic book team show up. So I think we're going to get Thor, Cap, Iron Man, Wasp, Ant-Man, Widow, and Hulk. And I think we're going to see them fight Thanos. And as Ben alluded to, it's going to take them a while. And I think it may end up with at least two, if not three of those original six having to sacrifice their own lives to restore the lives of the 50% of the universe that was killed. Because I still don't think that Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth come out of this alive as far as characters go. They are both done contractually after this, and they have both indicated that they are ready to move on. I don't know why you would want to move on from being, you know, a pirate angel god and the most handsome guy to wear all black everything. But whatever. That's just me. This is just our portion of this spoiler cast. Do not forget, we are brought to you by Tardy's Comics Collector's Corner. Fuck yeah. Also brought to you by Grand Rapids Comic Con. Get all the details at GrandRapidsComicCon.com. Anyone else? Did I forget anyone, guys? Tardy's pretty much owns our soul now. They, so. they, they kind of do. They kind of do. Mm-hmm. got to push that Contrary hard. Contrary to popular belief, there is a price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Shout out to new sponsors of Court of Nerds Twitch, Billy Jealousy. They make beard stuff. Buy their shit. They sponsor Biff, and fuck yeah for that. Use code HEYBIFF hey to get Biff. discounted beard products. There we go. I'm going to start grooming my beard and this freshly grown mustache. I wondered Uh, what you were doing with that. Well, fuck you for that, all right? No, like, I noticed it the other night. I'm like, he's got a mustache. (laughs) Oh, I'm in it now. (laughs) Mustache rides are not free, but everything else basically is at (laughs) thecourtofnerds.com. And West Coast Avenger Greg, and for warning, before I start this, I didn't read any of the Infinity War comics, and I don't have an extensive knowledge of the Marvel comic universe or any of its history. Gonna have to talk to Sledge and Grant for that. I'm just the guy that's been watching the movies for the last 10 years, so these are my totally non-expert predictions for what I think will come to pass in the next couple of Marvel Cinematic Universe films. First, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Based on the trailer that dropped just this past week, the movie looks like it's going to be set before Infinity War, and it might even run concurrently to that film. The focus is going to be on a new villain, some villain that's supposed to be able to jump into the quantum realm or something like that. It's going to be some kind of heisty thing. So there's a good chance that Scott and Hope are going to be doing a, like some kind of Inception level, gotta go deeper, gotta take down that all-in-white villain lady thing. I'm actually pretty positive that that film is going to end in a cliffhanger with Hope and Hank Pym and maybe a couple of the other big characters turning into dust due to the events of Infinity War. Comes out July 6th, 
So we're going to find out probably sometime in the next two months or so. So Captain Marvel is the next one in the lineup. And obviously she was teased in the after credits scene as Nick Fury turned into dust in Infinity War. And reports seem to indicate that the movie is going to be set in the 90s. It's like an origin story for Carol Danvers. Jude Law has signed on to be Marvel, and that's the cosmic being that grants Carol Danvers her powers. That kind of confirms this theory a little bit. Uh, just looking at the rest of the cast, we see some interesting things, too. Firstly, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury being involved is pretty cool. Secondly, Clark Gregg returning as Phil Coulson. This is actually the first time since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiered in 2013 after Avengers 1 that the character is going to be returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, look, it is a flashback, but hopefully this means there's still a possibility for more of some kind of crossover between the MCU and the Marvel TVU. We've got Lee Pace returning as Ronan the Accuser, which is really interesting to me because... This is set prior to the events of the first Guardians film, so he might not actually be any kind of villain in this film, but we might actually see why he's become so interested in the Infinity Stones. And right now the rumor is that the film is going to be focusing on the Kree-Skull War, so maybe Carol Danvers gets wrapped up on the Kree side of things and is trying to help them defeat the Skrulls. I don't know, Grant and Kevin can tell you more about that. Aside from that, the movie might give us more of an idea of how the heroes are going to end up defeating Thanos in Avengers 4. I have no idea how. That's probably somewhere in the comics. Captain Marvel is supposed to come out March 8th, 2019. Avengers 4 is the next in the lineup, and that's supposed to round out the Phase 3 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we already know that most of the people who were turned to dust because of the Soul Stone might actually be coming back. The theory is that they're just encased within the Soul Stone, so maybe after they rip that away from Thanos or take control of it or destroy it, the people who have been dusted are coming back. Because Tom Holland's Spider-Man already confirmed to have a sequel coming in mid-2019. Black Panther was also confirmed for a sequel, and Guardians 3 is going to be coming out sometime in 2020. So Drax, Star-Lord, Groot, and Mantis all are probably going to be coming back in Avengers 4. Now, James Gunn did say that Guardians 3 is going to be very, very different than Guardians 2. The events of Infinity War is going to totally change the Guardians' original lineup. So there's a really good chance, in my opinion, that Gamora could actually be totally and really dead for good. And on that note, it actually would not be surprising if Loki is also confirmed to be for realsies dead. The line from Thanos that really stuck out to me in Infinity War was no resurrections this time. I feel like Vision is probably going to be coming back, if only because Shuri's work on extracting the gem from him and then backing up his data probably worked. And the MCU has loved these kinds of weird, ambiguous resurrection scenarios. So there's a very good chance for that. In terms of Avengers 4 as well, I feel like at least one or more of the old guard is probably going to die towards the end of that film maybe Thor Cap or Iron Man and out of those three it's most definitely going to be Cap Chris Evans has actually already said that after Avengers 4 he's giving up the acting thing and sticking to producing and directing he's actually on Broadway right now and he's got this wicked mustache and it actually looks really really hilarious so he's probably donezo with the role of Captain America now Falcon Peggy and Bucky are the other two Captain America candidates well Falcon's entire arc hasn't even indicated he wants it. Peggy is dead, but Bucky is interesting. His entire story arc so far appears to be one of redemption. So it looks like he may be 
leaning in the direction of picking up the shield and taking up the mantle of Captain America before the end of Avengers 4. That movie is supposed to come out May 3rd, 2019. I'm West Coast Avenger Greg, and those are my totally non-expert predictions for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As of this recording, I still have yet to see Infinity War, and it's starting to drive me slowly mad. Um, thankfully, I've been avoiding all spoilers, and the internet has actually been working pretty well with me, but it got me to thinking about what, what types of books do I want to read before Infinity War and after. Kind of leading up into Infinity War, I definitely want to recommend, this is kind of weird, but a lot of Jonathan Heckman stuff, probably even leading into a Secret War series, uh, not counting his Avengers and Fantastic Four. I say this because recently Jonathan Hickman lamented that in his, this fantasy football message board he liked to he likes to participate in, there's this ongoing discussion thread about Infinity War, and they have theories, and he tried to talk about it, and they told him all to shut up, essentially. So it's just kind of like, okay, well, everyone's got something to say. Uh, but Hickman is basically one of the people who lays out that foundation pretty darn well. So I guess I would recommend um, his Secret War stuff for kind of a way to look at the significance of the Infinity Gems in the modern Marvel Universe. Uh, I also recommend the original Infinity War which is really cool. I know it culminated in like this desiccated corpse of Nebula claiming the gauntlet. And I'm not sure how that plays out in the movie, but it was cool to see Thanos tricked of his power in that respect after he lay waits to like, you know, the cosmic entities. And it's also neat to see how heroes respond to something like that. Um, I know there's like more infinity crossovers after that one. I, I have a lot of comic books from the 90s featuring people's doppelgangers, uh, which are kind of just fun to see these weird, twisted 90s takes of characters. But yeah, not not much else uh, in that regard that I can think of. Um, yeah, I'm just as curious as ever, anyone else. I know I talked to one of my friends about books that could impact this. And one of the things that I, I kind of mentioned is that, you know, not only is Chris Evans' contract ending after the second Avengers movie, but... You know, he also, Steve Rogers isn't always Captain America. He died, he's been listed as dead twice before. Uh, Bucky took over for like a year or two years as Captain America, and Sam Wilson has taken over as Captain America, and those are relatively new stories. I know uh, Death of Captain America is Ed Brubaker, and the Falcon Cap was Nick Spencer. But gosh, yeah, I'm not as well-versed in the Infinity War stuff as one would think, but uh, I know... Hickman introduced that Black Order, uh, Infinity War, the original, saw what Thanos could do with that. And, you know, seeing characters replace characters, Marvel's been doing a lot of that within the last couple of years. So, yeah, that's that's all I got. And hopefully by the time you listen, I will have finally seen this and can listen to everything else on this episode. All right. Bye bye.